With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, really real, villain real. It's real, Furman Jr. at your service. And I have to start with the short monologue. Because Friday night, I believe it was Friday night, the Lakers played the Celtics. It might have been Saturday. Lakers played the Celtics. That was Saturday. I'm curious so, which way you're going to go just, here. There's I a lot of ways to go. No, it's not a lot of ways to go. It's only one place to go, and it's the fact that the NBA refs have their uh, an incredible power that has no checks and balances. Imagine the president being able to do whatever he wanted without Congress, without the Supreme Court, without B six thirteen checking whatever he was was doing. That's what the NBA reps are. Because at this point, and I'm pulling up the numbers for you just so you know things are right. NBA refs make roughly $250,000 a year. Okay. The fact that you can go out there, you can do whatever you want. You can miss calls. You can like being a ref is like being the weatherman. You can be wrong a hundred percent of the time and you're still going to have a job. Still doesn't matter. The last possession of the Celtics Lakers game was a clear foul on LeBron. It was a clear foul of regulation. Yes. It was a clear foul of LeBron. It was a clear foul of from anybody watching at home from the person on the baseline that didn't call it from the fans on court from the from the listeners uh not the listeners the commentators from the booth it was a clear foul there's no there's no debating it and it's only the first of a long list of chat like the lakers suck i come on here and tell you the lakers suck all the time they don't need help sucking they do that all there's all very well themselves they do it perfectly fine themselves. They do not need the refs help in sucking. And what happened in the Mavericks game, which is probably one of the worst officiated games we've ever seen, with, what was it, Kendrick Nunn against the Nets, I think it was, maybe, somewhere, whatever the fuck happened, Kendrick Nunn, Westbrook and freaking Joel Embiid. Like, 
And this is just a it's just a short like the Lakers are just one example. This happens to teams all the time and there are no repercussions towards NBA officials. And if don't let a player speak out about it, don't let the players say, hey, the the refs got that wrong. Boom. Twenty five thousand dollar fine. Just like that. Where's the fine for the refs? Where's the suspension for the refs? Since the beginning of the season, the NBA has collected. $4,767,000 from players. I lied. That's before the season because this that's including $40,000 that Anthony Edwards paid for saying something dumb on social media. So $4,763,117 is what they've collected in that span. Scott, can you just riddle me this? Did you know that players get fined for technical fouls? Every technical uh, foul, they get a fine. They get fined. I knew they got fined for some. I didn't know that it was all. But I, I thought that usually foul, most most techs involve arguing with the ref. So usually that wouldn't surprise me. I'm not sure about uh, any other techs maybe trash talking with another player. I don't know if that's also you know, payment, but I know if you get it for arguing with refs, that I believe is a fine. I think. Is it, is it all, or is that just, no, no. 2000, 3000, 4,000 is the increments of the fine per file. Since Patrick Beverly got that $3,000 fine for showing the referee where he missed the call with the camera. You have a $2,000 fine by Dennis Schroeder, a $2,000 fine by Jonas Valanciunas for getting ejected. You have a, another $2,000 fine by D'Angelo Russell, another $2,000 fine by DeJounte Murray, another $2,000 from DeMar DeRozan, Bruno Fernando, Hamadou Diallo, Julius Randle, P.J. Tucker, Jaron Jackson Jr., P.J. Washington. So we have no issue holding the players accountable. But when it comes to the referee, oh, no, we cannot hold them accountable for anything. Not even missing a play that essentially cost the Lakers a win. In a stack West where they're trying to scratch and claw themselves into a play-in now, that's just a whole nother thing that's going on with their organization. But they don't need any help doing that. It might have been one of the worst no calls, calls. Yeah. that I've seen because the referee was right under the basket looking at the play. Well, that's the main concern that I had with the play. I don't know what he was looking at. Scott like, Rachel, everyone. I'm sorry. I didn't introduce Scott. It's all good. How, how you doing? They know who I am. Anyway, I understand if you can blow a call because there's no right angle. You see a guy who is out of position maybe or something very, very quickly happens and the person's not in the right location. The guy's standing right where he needs to stand in order to make that call. The the hit on LeBron's arm is happening directly in front of the baseline ref, and that's, I feel like, the most egregious part of it. It's one thing if you if something happens. You know, they always try to position the referees in the right spot, but they kind of have these uniform locations in a half-court set. There are blind spots. Some, there are blind spots. There are blind court. spots. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. So if something happens there then okay, 
for example, I could think of some egregious calls in the past, like Durant on the Warriors standing on the sideline trying to save the ball from going out of bounds. Like that's uh-huh. a, that's a play that we've seen in the past, which was hilarious at the time. Terrible missed call. But even there, you don't have a ref that's specifically on that spot. Should he have made the call? Of course he should have. But still, the guy's standing right. The guy's standing there looking right at LeBron's arm, and it gets hit. I'm sure there might have been an auditor in like an an audio clue there too, because if you hit somebody on the arm like that, you're probably going to hear something. But they ended up not calling it. I wasn't sure which way you're going to go about it because I wasn't there. I wasn't sure if you were going to transition into a Boston Celtics rant because they were involved, or if that was just completely no. It doesn't matter right. that the Celtics are involved, and some people are going to think that oh, it's the Celtics, so he's bad. No, that is a terrible miss call. It's a literally atrocious miss call. And calls like that happen all the time. And I know we sit here and we say, oh, it's human error. It's human error. It's human error. Well, how do you limit human error? You need some error? accountability. You, you need hold some. them accountable. And literally, every single person in the NBA is held accountable for anything they do. The players are held accountable. The coaches are held accountable. The freaking uh, commentators, when they say dumb shit, they're held accountable. Every single person that has to deal with the NBA, yet you just have an owner that got ousted out of a team because he did something stupid. Like every single person in the NBA is held accountable, but the referees, but don't let the referees, don't let you find out they've been gambling on a game. Oh, that's the only time you hold them accountable and you got to get them out of here when they're gambling on a game. When you know they're doing it. If he had money on this game, I wouldn't be surprised. You know they're doing it. You know I'm going to. I'm not going to go with the full conspiracy involving the referees potentially, you know, trying to gamble on games or to go with a pretty much a lack of integrity issue at the NBA. However, I do agree with your main point, which is we need more accountability for refs. And this has been a real issue for baseball for a while because they have a union and people have been calling for Angel Hernandez's head for several years, basically a couple decades. Angel Hernandez is a low key been an MLB ref for like 20, 30 years and or an umpire and nothing's happened to him and it's because it's a union i'm not sure if it's the same thing with the nba do you know if but they at least do a baseball union? base i'm sure they do i'm assuming they do too baseball but... at least implemented var like you see var coming in they got it in baseball now do they use it to most of yes that's still Probably a thing not. but the point is is that some there's there's no are so bad that they still do, they're they're still involved in regular rotation. You can limit the number of playoff games for a certain ump crew or for a certain umpire in particular, but they still get a bunch of games per year. And I feel like that's the issue that you run into. A lot of refs, from what we've seen, might not be either the most qualified or even just based on their old age, maybe they just don't have the good enough eyesight to actually be a ref in a professional. I mean, that's what it got to be because Eric Lewis has been doing this for 19 years. A shout out Bethune Cookman, HBCU grad, Eric Lewis, but Jesus Christ. And then I just don't understand. Did was Patrick Beverly a little bit extra with the camera? That's one of the funniest texts of all time. Oh, it is by far. And it's even funnier because when you look at the video, he actually didn't show him a picture of anything. He actually just had the camera like, looking like it was about to shoot. Mm-hmm. He just used the camera to tell him that he was dumb as fuck. But it's like, how do you get upset? How do you come back and you see the egregious call? Matter of fact, let me read off what they said about the call. 
Well, while you do that, Lewis is. is Lewis is a first-time offender in my eyes. I've never viewed him that way. There was only a couple that I always paid attention to. One, of course, is the one we hear every playoffs with Chris Paul. And now he's lost yeah, what? Like 15, he's lost like 15 in a row with Scott Foster? Like 14 yeah. in a row? It's something stupid. But that's one of them. And you have Tony Brothers. When they, the when they had the uh, documentary on Netflix about Donaghy, Donaghy. Donaghy, whatever the yeah. fuck his name is, they literally showed Scott Foster. They talked about, yeah, some refs have biases, and they showed Scott Foster and Chris Paul. They, everybody knows this is a thing. Eric Lewis, the Celtics are 32-3 and three with Eric Lewis as a referee. That's I not. Saw that, I saw that going around. I don't know if that was actually like an accurate I, stat or not, but... Either way, it, it okay. After the game, they asked Eric Lewis, "Why was Patrick Beverly assessed a technical foul at the end of regulation?" These are all quotes from the NBA web- website. His actions were inappropriate in addressing resentment to a non-call. Okay, it looked like he brought a camera out. Was he trying to show you something? Yes, that was a, pr- a part of his inappropriate actions. It looked like there was contact contact on LeBron's drive at the end of regulation. Why was there no foul call there? And what did you see there? There was contact at the time during the game. We did not see a foul. The crew missed the play. That's it. There was contact at the time during the game. We did not see a foul. The crew missed the play. I think one of the least productive things that the NBA has is the referee two-minute report after games where they tell you where they messed up because you don't change the outcome of the game. So You don't what does change that do? the outcome. You don't hold them accountable you don't even apologize they don't even apologize like there's no apology i think it might have been a record time admission from the nba that they missed the call because i they there was an announcement from like the nba i don't even know maybe 10 minutes after the game like five minutes after the game usually you get that a couple hours later that was a record time admission of guilt by the NBA, because it was so clear, obvious. I was so, that's it was what I'm so saying. clear and it, obvious. It, it, it was not good. It was not good. But they knew. They knew after the before they even started overtime, they knew they missed the call. Now you're mentioning it from an overall fan and just an overall NBA uh, perspective. I'm going to kind of transition over to the gambling perspective of this. I'm not going to accuse the referees of cheating. I'm not going to accuse them of trying to rig games. That's serious jail time. I'm not going to accuse anybody of doing that with that evidence. However, what I will say is that. The NBA has partnered up a lot, along with other, a lot of other sports leagues. They've partnered up with gambling companies. They're a huge sponsor, and they pride themselves on integrity, whatever that means. They're going to make sure that there's nothing shady going on. We can assume that some stuff might be behind the scenes, but there's no evidence behind it. The point is, if you're going to partner up with a bunch of gambling companies, and if you're going to try to market your product to the public to gamble on sports thinking they have a fair chance of winning you got to eliminate all the referees that are going to make let's just say questionable calls with the game on the line whether or not it's because you think that they have ulterior motives or because they're just not good enough as referees you need better officiating you need better officiated games if you want to market your product as a fair product to gamble on that's my pivot to the gambling side of it but people, can you imagine how many millions of dollars changed hands on like Celtics and Lakers money line bets in that game? Yeah, they're not getting a refund for anything. No, they're not. They're not. They're not getting the the void. They're not getting a refund. Nothing. 
And I'm not saying that, that they the should highest, get a, It was yeah. the highest bet game of the day. I'm assuming highest it was because it was Lakers-Celtics middle of the afternoon, and you had some people who – I'm assuming they did well with the 76er game, but assuming they didn't, people could have just rolled it over and bet. You had a couple other games. It was after the Nets-Knicks game, correct? Yeah, and, and well, so uh, that lay-in, layup gets – because the public was heavy on the Lakers. So we can talk about conspiracies all you want. It also affected the, the total. On, game went, game went over in overtime. Yeah. So you lost the total. You lost Lakers' money line. I, you still well, got you lost, you lost the under. I'm assuming most of the public had the over, but still. The point is, is that I can't even imagine what life would be like if you had Lakers' money line. And there's some people with serious money who have 50K on it something like you know that i would not bet on a personal game but other people and the only thing you get is there was contact at the the time during the game we did not see a foul the crew missed a play that's all you get i i mean once again i i'm not sure how you can fully rectify it unless you just hold the refs more accountable and hope that the extra accountability causes better results because the referees have something to lose but independent party that is solely there to hold the refs accountable. They determine the punishment, whether it's a fine. It could be a, let's say, 30% of that game's pay, which is a lot for those refs. Like, I don't see how you can go in there. You can have a terribly officiated game because when players take play bad, they end up out the league. Like if you continuously play bad, they end up out the league. So I don't see how you can go in there and have bad game after bad game after bad game. Which I think, there are some I think refs they, that do. I think they might borrow the Euroleague idea, which was suspending a referee for like four games for missing a call in the final ten seconds or something. Just any form of progress. A week suspension, two weeks suspension. Like do something that's actually gonna. Oh, let me make the right call. Right, so even and if you're swallowing, game, just, and if you're swallowing the whistle, if you're swallowing the whistle, you get fined for that as well. You get fined for making an inappropriate call. You get fined for making a not making a call. Like you get the fine, and then they over here and and their fix action was to give teams one challenge that you don't get back, and you can only use it once during the game. And if you miss that challenge, you lose a timeout. That was the fix action. It's not working. It's not working. It, let's put it this way. Besides all the other elements we mentioned, I threw in the gambling stuff because it's gambling podcast. But besides all that stuff, the most important thing that you want is for the overall game not to fully be decided by one missed call or one potentially questionable call because it's also a waste of time. You sat through two two plus hours of a really good basketball game, and it basically got taken from you. Because the second that play happens, it feels like everything before it got basically made useless almost because, you know, the Lakers probably should have won the game. Let's be real. You're assuming LeBron's going to make yeah. at least one of these two free throws. Then you go to overtime, and yes, I know there's five more minutes, but mentally the Lakers are shot, and Boston has extra momentum in front of the crowd, and they end up winning the game. It just felt like a waste of time. You just sat through two hours of a great game, and it just felt like the referees decided the entire outcome in a play with two seconds left that was clearly a bad call. Did you feel like you wasted your time? Because it kind of yeah. felt like it was. Like, it, it just it, it tainted the whole outcome. Overtime wasn't interesting at all because all you're talking about in overtime is 
damn, they really just missed that call. And the Lakers waved the flag with five, with uh, down five with ten seconds to go because they already had enough. Like it, it, and then I don't know. It just it just blows me because then players go and they go into these press conferences and they say the ref got it wrong. The ref sucks, and then boom, players get hit with a I'm fine. I'm sure Davis got fined. Davis had a couple comments. About yeah, that. And, I mean, if it hasn't come, it's it's Monday, so it'll probably come down from league office today. And if it does, that's complete bullshit. And you know what I would do? I would take whatever $25,000. I would take that shit and I would pay them in pennies. Here the fuck you go. Count the pennies, make sure it's all there. I think that's exactly what AD said. I think he basically used the same words that you just did. I think he said, I felt the call was bullshit. And they interviewed him by the locker room or in the locker yeah. room. So, yeah. so find, me, fine find, me for, find me for it. It's fine. It'll be at the league office. I'll have my representative sent over and there'll be pennies. And I'm going to leave one penny missing just so you have to go through and count to make sure it's all there. Fuck you. I will push back on one note, though. This is not just an NBA problem because we no, just saw a questionably officiated game in the NFL as well in that Chiefs game. Not the last call. I thought Mahomes got shoved out of bounds, but you had the extra third down. You had the you had a lot of really random calls that pretty much all went in favor of Kansas City down the stretch. It's not just the NBA. But you need to see some strides from some organizations here to at least try to make sure the referees don't blow the game. Everybody's afraid to do it, and I don't know why. The refs are still going to ref. You act like every ref is going to go on fucking strike, and you're never going to have a ref again. I promise you, I promise you, refs are still going to ref. And you said it's 200 k They're still making a good salary, even if you get suspended for one game or you lose And that's like that's like the median. That's the median. It's people that are making more than that. I'm sure you make bonus in the playoffs. So, and yet you do shit like this, you get rewarded by going to work the playoffs. And get the fuck out of here! I just wanted to point that out, though. This is not just an NBA issue. This is just an NBA podcast. But there's referee issues in pretty much every major sport. Yes. I don't hear much about hockey, but usually in pretty much every sport, and nobody does anything about it. Hockey is a major sport. Uh, if you want, I mean, people try to group it like the four major sports. People try to group the NHL in there. It's probably my favorite league, to be honest. I think the NHL actually does the best job with referees of any sport. I think the only, only thing I like from the NHL is that you could fight. Like, you could just straight up just go fight. Like, there it's was a whole game. Out, there yeah. was a game. I watched, I think it was like the first NHL game that I literally sat there and watched from beginning to end. And the beginning tip, they literally dropped their hockey sticks and started fighting. Like they like didn't even didn't even try to start the game. Everybody just dropped their shit, started fighting. All I know is with all the questionable referee stuff with the NBA and the NFL over the weekend, made the NHL look good. Just saying, uh, the NH- I haven't had an issue with NHL refs in a long time. I think they do a very good job. Yeah, they let the guys start. Scott, imagine dropping the puck and you just start fighting the other guy. You don't even try to gain possession. Well, even, even, even with the referee the stuff, do you know how hard it is to call stuff while you're ice skating trying to avoid getting hit by projectiles? Like, why does why do the hockey refs do such a better job when their job is significantly harder? If you think Maybe about we it. should make the NBA refs roller skate. Maybe they'll be better then. They might get better angles. Who knows? I just think that's oh, I just think that's bullshit. And I think if you lose a bet on that, that's like I mean it's a part of the game, and, and you know we all do it because of that. But I just think that's such bullshit, man. Like it's uh, terrible to get a loss my, like that. Yeah, I, I brought it up for the gambling part because people were talking about how badly it affected the Lakers and LeBron and all this stuff. That is true. And yes, the referee should get punished. But the gambler, some gamblers, got punished for doing nothing. 
because yeah. the referees blew their job. And once again, if you try to preach integrity and you're going to partner up with a bunch of gambling companies, you know, for organizations or for leagues, you got to at least make sure that the people gambling on the product aren't getting screwed over by a lack of discipline towards your own employees because the referees can't do their job. That's my, that's just, my last point. I, the Saints are still waiting on a PI call to this day. <laughs> They're still yeah, waiting on much. the league. They're still waiting on that PI call to this day. And I thought that was going to be the moment where they said, hey, maybe we need to hold the rest a little bit more accountable because of how egregious – the so all they was. did was start reviewing pass interference, and they the play. And it made it worse. About, the play stand at about eight ninety percent of the time, so it didn't change anything. But it's ridiculous because refs don't want to admit they're wrong. All right, WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and they're active in a bunch of states, including live betting, same game parlays. Uh, the NFL playoffs Super Bowl is here. You can go in there and bet the Super Bowl. You can do a same-game parlay, win, build your own bet for the Super Bowl. And if you sign up today, receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. So head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject change, terms, conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 and older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I really didn't mean to go that long on that. I I, I didn't, but really we quick, get, like super duper quick. We got like a 20-minute like ref in there, ref rant in there, but it's it's a short card anyway, so it's not going to really Yeah, matter. super duper quick. W- quick recap of the weekend. We really, got to take a victory lap. It's really the only thing we got to do this. Week. Yeah, yeah, we got to do that. We got to do that. I forgot about that. Honestly, I, I was, I, I was going somewhere completely different than that. But yes, on Friday, we told we were literally looked into a crystal ball and told you what was going to happen on Saturday, and it was honestly like the easiest. I think that might have been the easiest handicap. A lot of people were all over it, but we're talking about yeah. it. We, we were all yeah. Over it. Like, it was the easiest handicap. You had him getting snubbed from the All-Star and then him playing the guy who took two MVPs from him back-to-back. And the guy who took two MVPs isn't exactly the greatest defensive player in the league. Let's put it that yeah. way. So, so and it was, going for 40, we had the rebounds. I don't think we expected him to go for 18, but we thought he'd probably have like 40 and 12, 40 and 15 or something. But yeah, like if you bet him beat props, you'll want everything, basically. That's, yeah, that's what we expect. Absolutely. And so even people, there was people that told me they they found 45 and got a crazy price on 45. And I was like, yes, yes, take it. Like, he, he's going to do it. Ah, oh, man. But he didn't score 50. However, Giannis came last night and scored 50. In 30 minutes. Giannis is the greatest player in the league right now. It's no doubt in my mind about that. I th- see. It's funny you brought up Giannis because I actually do want to talk about him briefly, not too long, because I do agree that he's the best player in the league. I've said it for years. However, I still have an issue with some of his shot selection based on how many threes he takes based on his percentage. But I want to ask you kind of quickly. There's no real proof behind it, but I am curious. We know that there's kind of a meme going on with Giannis. He stays after games, shoots X amount of free throws. People with the ladders get disappointed. We know, we know the jokes that go mm-hmm. on with Giannis. Do you know Giannis's percentage this year compared to last year in free throws? 
compared to no yeah. i know he's shooting 64 percent this year but i don't okay know it was do you know year. what he shot last year no he shot 71 <laughs> percent with all the extra time he spent in arenas practicing the, the free throw shooting he's seven percent worse than he was last year does practicing free throws do anything for you because i feel like this so, is just who Giannis is no i guess it does but Unfortunately for Giannis, he cannot. So the art of the free throw is all about muscle memory. It's it. You find out what works for you to get the ball in the basket, and you repeat that same routine over and over and over. You do it when you're tired. You do it when you're fresh. You do it all the time. That's all free throws are. They're just muscle memory. Unfortunately for Giannis, he's changed his free throw routine Almost every single year he's been in the league. He has no consistency with it. And so at this point, Giannis free throws are just if he's lucky or not. Because he doesn't have a routine. He doesn't have any issues. Like It's literally just because he got lucky and it went in the basket. And this is just a year where a lot of those free throws aren't falling. He has to get a routine that he can stick with. Because he had a good one that was working for him. And then he started getting called because he was spending too much fucking time at the line. So. I I know you were asking if Giannis is the best player, and I kind of just turned that into roasting some flaws in his game. But I thought it was fascinating that he's down. No, I didn't ask. I said Giannis is the best player. Yeah, you said it. No, I agree with you. The point is (laughs) Giannis is still the best player in the league despite the free throw issues, but I brought it up because. Yeah, no, it's it's hilarious because he he doesn't stick to a routine. He changes his routine every offseason. And you mentioned the 50-point game. He also had the 40-plus point game against Indiana on Friday, but he still went 7 of 18 from the free throw line in that game, which is kind of why I brought it up. I just find it fascinating that the best player in the league has issues shooting free throws, and he spends well, LeBron all this had time. issues shooting free throws. So you know, he's at least maybe that's the maybe that's what, what it takes to be LeBron the best player in the league. To. Did LeBron ever go below seventy? I feel like he was like seventy-one percent as a floor. Giannis mm, is see. like mid-sixties. I'm not. Like, I feel. I feel like that's. I don't know, but the point is. Giannis, his free throw shooting still a LeBron's concern. sixth in the league in scoring. That's insane. Who is? <laughs> LeBron is sixth yeah. in the league in scoring. I thought he was That's higher than six, to be honest. Jesus but... Christ. All right. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, there's been some 60s. Never a 64. Okay. There's there's a 67.4% uh, in the return to Cleveland one of those years. It was 2016, 2017. This is the lowest and... percentage. Oh, no, 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 no. Here. So, So the lowest one is... Arguably, no, that is the season he played the least amount of games. The one where he got hurt with the Lakers that first year. Yeah, okay. And he shot 66%, but that's it's never gotten to 64. This has never been that bad. The point is, I agree with you with what you said about Giannis, but I will acknowledge that his flaws have not gotten any better, and he's shooting 28% from three. The issues that have plagued him his entire career have not been getting better, no matter how much he's practiced them. That's all I'm saying. But that's, that's and but that's the thing that's so interesting about Giannis. Really quick, we're gonna go on. I'm sorry, guys. We're gonna get to the card right now. Last thing I'm gonna say about Giannis. Giannis is third in the NBA in scoring with 33. No, 31.7 points per game. You said he shoots under 30 percent from three. 
and he shoots sixty four percent from the field, and he still scores thirty one. Oh, he could average like 35, 36 <laughs> per game if he was even like eighty percent. Yes, free like it's it's really insane. What did uh, what did Shaq's dad say when Shaq retired? He was like, "What'd you finish with? Uh, 20, 28,000 points or something like that? Whatever. How many main points Shaq finished? Could have finished with like forty thousand. Like, yeah, you could have finished with more if you shot them free throws like I taught you. <laughs> that was one of my favorite like press conference lines I've heard. It's hilarious. All right, we're going to get to the card right now. The Atlanta Magic are going to play the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. Minus 9.5 is the line. Open up at 10.5. 232 is the total. That's minus 9.5 for the Sixers, by the way. Injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Orlando Magic. They're pretty clean on the injury report. Did they play yesterday? I don't think so. Uh, the Magic, no, I don't believe so. They, they, yeah, I, I ended up losing by, I think it was a hook, a point and a half maybe on that team total. But no, they lost to Miami on Friday. Okay. They, they did not play it. yesterday. Okay. Yeah, no, that was sad. Was that Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday. They played all, uh, Chicago. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. All right. So pretty clean injury report for the Magic tonight. 76ers, a little bit different. John B, questionable. So we'll see if he goes. If he doesn't go, there's sometimes I don't know. I can't tell you when. A, Based on the line movement, I'm assuming go. he's not going to play. Is it a coincidence yeah. that the line has dropped a point or two after Philly just beat the number one seed in the West and Embiid had 47 and 18? Like no, yeah, I, I think, think I think Embiid's not going to play. And it's probably going to drop more when he actually is ruled out. I'm speculating, but, but why would this line drop a point and a half in favor oh. of Orlando unless Embiid was not going to play? Oh, it's because 59% of the bets and 89% of the money is on Orlando. Like, people are betting Orlando. I'm sorry, what, what was the uh, percentage of bets to money? 59% of the bets, 89% of the money. So 30% more of the money is coming in on Orlando. Somebody yep, sharks are on Orlando. Yeah. There was no way I was taking the 76ers after the Eagles just got to the Super Bowl last night. And the streets are literally still greased. Like, there was no way I was coming in here and saying that I was going to take Philadelphia to cover 10. Like, no, they may, they'll probably win the game, but I'm not taking them to cover 10. Joel B was at the game. Like, that city is on fire. They I, I saw a really funny night. joke, by the way, unrelated to the uh, to the 76ers, but uh, Mike Trout has attended more uh, Eagles playoff games than Angels playoff games. Very much so. And I thought that was one of the funniest memes that I saw from yesterday. Nice so. job throwing another baseball reference in this show. We are two for two what, so far. Uh, maybe Embiid and Trout are friends. They're both at the game. Who knows? But... <laughs> I don't think Embiid's playing. That that's my point. If you if you tell me eighty nine percent of the money's coming in on Orlando against a team that just won on a national on national TV on a very big weekend, you know, for sports, mm-hmm. it means Embiid's not playing in my eyes. It means I means it means that I have to like Harden triple double. I'll go with some Harden props and I'll pivot if you can find it. Mm-hmm. I think I will lean to Orlando, uh, just getting the points here. You're mentioning the the Eagles stuff. I'm not going to mention any of that. I'll mention the fact that it was a big statement win for the 76ers. It's a prime letdown spot. It's the ultimate letdown spot. A TV statement win where your MVP guy put up an MVP performance. And now I think they might come out extremely flat. I think they might win the game anyway, but I think Embiid's going to sit. And I think most likely 
you might see Philly come out extremely just lethargic for a quarter and a half because they're, they think they, that they can just blow out the magic, and I don't think they're going to. So I'll lean Orlando. I think Embiid's probably going to miss. Do you know what channel this game is on? <laughs> BSFL. Bally I don't know Sports. what that is. Bally Sports Florida? I don't know. I don't wait, know. Wait, what you that. said BSFL? Yeah. I'll go with Bally Sports Florida, final answer. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Sorry. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's Bally not nationally Sports televised. Florida. Yeah, it, it, it is not nationally televised. So I'm assuming it's cares. Bally Sports Florida, if I had to guess. If I see this much sharp move it on a. 89% of the money on Orlando? Like, come on. Embiid's not playing. Sorry. All right. It's pretty easy for me. Orlando has the size. Without MB, I just don't I think that they're gonna dominate the boards and a lot of offensive rebounds. I'll I'll back Wendell Carter for a big game here on the boards, being able to clean up on offensive glass, get put back dunks. Uh he's still, you know, Marshall's hero is strong, but with Wendell Carter is still a strong guy as Are well. Are we fully so pivoting to like Harden triple double and maxi twenty five plus thirty plus points? Is that our main pivot? Yep, hundred percent. Okay. Hopefully they – I believe Maxi should still be coming off the bench too, so. I don't remember. I got to look and see what they did the last time Embiid was out after they moved Maxi to the bench to see if he still came off the bench. 232. 232? Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, I think I'll lean uh, – Philly's such a terrible defensive team, though. They, they really buckled down in the second half of that Nuggets game. I don't but, think they're a terrible defensive team. I think they're playing bad defense right now. Yes, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think that Harden and Maxi are a very, very fun combo offensively. Defensively, that might be the worst or like a bottom three backcourt defensively in the league. It's really mm-hmm. bad with Harden and Maxi. They can't guard anybody. Mm-hmm. They did a good job of, of you know putting Tucker on Jokic and having Embiid Rome in the second half, but that backcourt cannot stay in front of anybody. Hmm. It's rough. I don't know if it's yeah, Kevin Porter, I'm Jr., to... Jalen, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, maybe. That's up there. Yeah, that's up that, there. That's got to be up there. But after I'm like thinking, I'm like, at least one of the guys tries. Oh, no, it... it... <laughs> Maxi tries. He's just bad at it. Harden doesn't give a damn. Harden just goes for... Maxi but... isn't like a... Maxi is a guy that he's going to get you in transition and pick your pockets. He's not a guy that's just going to defend out the half court. He's not that good. I'm just saying, if you end up taking Philly overs blindly for the last couple of games, you've done very well. And Cameron's mentioning that uh, recently the Sixers are allowing roughly 126 points per game. It wouldn't surprise me because if you watch them play and Maxi's playing 30 plus minutes and Harden's playing 30 plus minutes, they really can't guard anybody. I'm just bringing. I'm just throwing that out there. So I think I am going to lean to the over. And now that I think about it, because Embiid's going to not be able to give you rim protection since he's probably not going to play. And I mean, Paul Reed can maybe give you a little bit, but like you know what I mean. It's it's not the same. Do I think Orlando can actually score enough though? Sprinkle on Orlando's money line. Yes, I. I mean, I just. So I think Orlando can score if you don't defend. Like, I think they're a really good scoring team if you don't defend. But if you have a little inkling of defense, then you're going to they're going to have some issues. But and the Sixers play faster when Embiid's not, not in the lineup. So I think the pace should be there. I really do yeah. like Harden. I like Harden triple double a lot in this game. Yeah, I'm going with the over too. All right. Sprinkle on Orlando money line. All right. Next game on the slate. 
NBA TV. We have the Los Angeles Lakers going to play the Brooklyn Nets. Nets are laying nine. Can you imagine Line how good this game's going to be? You got LeBron, you got Anthony Davis, you got yeah, Kevin it's going to be a great you got Kyrie game. Irving. You know, you got a lot of great players in this game. Line opened up minus one Lakers. It's now sitting at minus nine for the Nets. Oh, I wonder why is that total sitting I mean, at I mentioned the four great players. You know, it should be a hell of a game. All right, so reading the injury report, LeBron James is out. Anthony Davis is out. Lonnie Walker is actually probable. For the Brooklyn Nets, Ben Simmons is questionable. Kevin Kevin Durant is out, and TJ Warren is doubtful. I was joking. So just to be clear, I was 25%. Joking. No, yeah. so I mean, if you – 25%. I mean, if this was baseball, then you're decent. Like, bat and 250, you're decent. So uh, it's if, you want to group, if you want to group Ben Simmons into that argument, then it's arguably 20% because <laughs> Simmons might not play either. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's not good, especially for an, it's another nationally televised game where all the superstars that people paid to see are basically not going to play. That's three for, three for baseball references, by the way, just it so mm-hmm. if people aren't counting three for three. All right. Do you want this to make a case those, for the Lakers? Yeah, this is one of those games where where one team has a whole bunch of people that are sitting and everybody's betting the other team, and somehow that team still finds a way to cover. Like when the Nets sat everybody against, I think it was the Pacers, and then Sumner went out there and had a legacy-defining game, and they covered the spread. Yeah. I don't have anything else. I, I I just don't know how you can handicap this game. I mean, just take Kyrie. Kyrie's going to have a game regardless. I think if you want to also pivot to any type of Thomas Bryant double-double or some type of Claxton play, I think those yeah. would be the main two pivots there. Claxton's been incredible. for the last, Oh, Claxton's blocks, Claxton's blocks are still... I mean, even with scoring. Claxton's scoring like 20-something points the last couple games. He's been really, really good, but... I do think that the one concern I have with the Nets laying this big of a number is that this team is really susceptible to overlooking opponents. And mm-hmm. I saw it on the game before the Knicks game over the weekend. They were playing Detroit, and I leaned to Detroit plus the points. And my argument was it was a back-to-back, but it was mostly because it was an emotional loss against Philly. And they immediately turned around, and they played Detroit, and they didn't care, and they got their asses kicked. And they were favored by about seven and a half. This is one of those games where you beat the Knicks, one of your arch rivals. You've kind of owned the series lately, but it's still an arch rival. You won the game. Now you're going to still be missing some key pieces. You're playing the Lakers, who have nobody. It really would be a spot where the Nets just kind of no-show the game. And Cameron mentioned it also before. Defensively, this team's been horrible (laughs) the last couple Mm -hmm. of games. They've been really, really bad. I do think you're going to end up seeing the Lakers find ways to score, at least more than people think. Maybe it's a Hachimura game. Maybe it's a Dennis Schroeder game. I think there are ways that the Lakers can still score, despite the lack of overall talent at first glance on the roster. I think I like Nets' first half in this game, because I think they might get off to a good start. The problem is I've seen the Nets in fourth quarters. They really have a hard time closing. And they almost blew the game against the Knicks. The only reason why they didn't was because Kyrie hit about four thirty footers and a couple of crazy layups in there. Kyrie carried this team down the stretch, but the Knicks hung in there. The Knicks were in this game because the Nets almost blew another 15-plus point lead late in the second half. I've seen it too many times. They're just not a good fourth-quarter team. I'd consider maybe taking the Lakers' live line if they fall behind a lot early, 
but I cannot lay nine or nine and a half with the Nets for a full game. They're too bad in the fourth quarter. I can't do it. Nets are three and six ATS when laying eight or more points. I don't know if they ever got to eight against Detroit, but it was seven and a half and they lost the game outright. So I don't know if that's included in your sample size or even based on recent stuff. Seven and a half is still a decent spread. They still didn't cover it. So Yeah, it didn't it didn't get added to the sample size. It was My point added. is even if you branch it out to seven and a half, we just saw this team no show a yeah, game as a it was seven worse. and a half point favorite. So take the Lakers plus nine. <laughs> I'm not gonna bet it, but 30? I'm definitely not automatically betting the Nets. That's all I'm saying. I might actually bet this one, considering it. I just I've seen it too many times. I've seen it way too many times. Well, I was sitting at two thirty, opened up two thirty one. <laughs> I'm personally on the over. It's a non conference over, you know, that system match. And even without LeBron and uh what's his name? Davis. Street clothes. Yeah, street yeah. clothes. Uh I think that uh, basically, Russell Westbrook, this offense, this team, and just the lack of caring by the Nets, I don't think they're going to try defensively. I think the Nets are going to get up at some point, and they're just going to let the Lakers come back and backdoor this and also send the total over. So I'm going to take the over. I would lean to the under, except I did go on this show a couple of episodes ago, and I gave a whole speech about national TV overs. And I've been tracking it since I mentioned it. I've done very well. I, I believe I'm like north of like 70% on overs uh, ever since I brought it up. So this is a TV game. Uh, there have been some overtimes that have helped push some games over. But I believe including the NBA TV games, I'm 6-2, and two, I think, on national TV overs since I mentioned it on the podcast. It might, it might be 7-2, and two, but it's, it's been very good. So I'm going to keep riding it. I'll go with the over. Uh, national TV games have turned into free throw contests all the time. That was the main reason why I brought it up, because it was right after we saw those two games on national TV have 60-plus free throws. And that was the Warriors-Grizzlies game. And I'm trying to remember what the first game was. I don't remember. Was it the one with the Heat? <laughs> Where the it Heat was, had like 40 free throws? No, it, it wasn't the Heat-Thunder game. It was a game after that, but it was that day. <laughs> uh, it culminated with the Warriors and the Grizzlies, and that game also had 60-something free throws. It was the Nets Sixers. That game mm. had 60-something free throws. That happened. I basically said I'm blindly taking national TV overs until further notice, and I'm pretty sure I'm batting north of 700. So I'm going to go back to the over. I expect a bunch of free throws. I expect no defense. The Nets, the last couple of games defensively, 115, 130, 137, 116. That's the last four games. They can't guard anybody. And the Lakers have also given up their fair share of 120 pieces. I'm going to go with the over. I think you'll see points. Westbrook triple-double? I don't know if he's going to get the assists. I I feel like Westbrook is going to try to just go to the rim the entire time. The rebounds might be iffy, too. He should have some opportunities. I like Thomas Bryant double-double. Probably was my favorite prop for this because he should have got a bunch of minutes with AD being out. I, I feel, I'm worried that Westbrook's price is going to be so diluted that it's not even worth it. Because with mm-hmm. LeBron AD out, what's Westbrook's odds for triple-double? Like 5-1? to one? I mean, it's got to be – they got to juice it a little bit. He's still coming off the bench, like – he just every time AD and LeBron's been out after he's moved to the bench, they haven't just put him in the lineup. Let's my see. point is, I don't know. Uh, he's at yeah, 
good call. Plus 490, I see it one book. I made it up, but it turns out I was right. I, I don't know if I want 490. I think that's a little bit low for me. If you want to make a case, you can take it. Wait, but... wait, wait, wait. What? What's what's so, Thomas Bryan double double? No. Westbrook's plus 490, but James Harden is 7 to 1. Huh? That math. I feel better that, about, I feel better on, about Harden one. Because I can sit there and I can add, you know, add this multiply exponent. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Yeah, that math is not mathing, sir. It's not. It's not mathing. All right. Thomas Bryant double double before we move on to the next game is. I see 120. <laughs> yeah, I see a plus 122. Hey, how is that not like an autoplay? We, we've seen his production when AD doesn't play. Yep. He's going to play 30 plus minutes. They don't have any other bodies in the front court. So I have to like Thomas Bryant double double. Maybe I'll save that for later in the show. Uh, I mean, I might remind people of that play, but I have to like that play. I feel like plus money for Brian double double there is just too good of a spot to avoid taking. Something's just, you know, not right about those odds. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Golden State Warriors on the road going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Warriors are laying five, 242 and a half is the total in this one. Injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Warriors, Andrew Wiggins is not on the injury report. He had an illness. He's expected to play. Iggy's not playing. Lou Dort is out. That's pretty much it for the Thunder. Is this the first road game after a homestand? Or have they been on the road? The uh, their last game they beat Toronto. Okay. Yeah, they had three three games at home, and then on the road. So it's their first road game in about a week or so. This line's telling me that you know Golden State should win comfortably because I find it fascinating that a team that's been this bad on the road is still favored by like four and a half. There's money coming in on Golden State, no surprise. But I find it interesting. And yet, the Thunder have been so good to us. Especially as underdogs. That I'm kind of caught in the middle here. And they're 16 and 9 at home. Yeah. This feels like I don't know. I'm really on the fence. On I that. don't think the I don't. My issue, my only issue is because I think the Thunder are going to be able to get almost whatever they want. But I, I don't I, think I that they have get whatever they want. I love the over the over. But that's what I'm saying. Point. If the Warriors get whatever they want and the Thunder get whatever they want, it still feels like there's a gap there where the Warriors are still significantly better than the Thunder. Yeah. And they've gone smaller. They started using Draymond more at the center, so they're kind of spacing it out even more. Yeah. So I think the pace is going to be crazy in this game. I expect Draymond to be starting center. I don't mind Draymond triple-double. I actually bet it this morning. It was 17-1. to 1. I took that. But I do think that you're going to see a lot of pace in this game. And the problem is Shea is still pretty much the main, main weapon to create his own shot. Golden State still has Curry, still has Clay, still has Wiggins now back. They have the end pool. They got a lot of scoring options. I just think the scoring depth is going to be too much for the Thunder. But I love the over. Team total. I think if I was going to back OKC, I'd take the team total over. Mm -hmm. But I see Golden State scoring 130 
in this game. I just see a track meet breaking out. I'm going to lean Golden State. I'm not going to bet it, but I do love the over and maybe some team totals in there. But I did take Draymond triple double at 17 to 1. Yeah, this just feels like this feels like a Golden State spot. It really does. I just I think that on even with Golden State on the road, you still have to have some level of defensive identity to slow them down. And I just don't think that the Thunder have that. And yeah, if both teams are getting whatever they want, I think that the gap is just still a little bit too large. I'll take Golden State minus the five. I see kind of a repeat of that Thunder game against the Hawks last week, where it was 137 to 132, and you see a track meet break out. But if Trey Young's going to have 30 and 10 through three quarters, I'm assuming that Steph Curry and company are going to kill you. Yeah. I just don't think OKC's going to get any stops in this game. But the, the total is high. Smart. It should be higher. That's all I'm saying. And money was coming in on the under, and the total still went up. Like, there's, yeah, this is going to be a track meet. This Draymond is one... playing center really just sums up the amount of pace that Golden State's going to play at in this game. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, get get on all your your points props. Like, I like SGA, Step. Giddy, like just load up on points. It's going to be a lot of points on this one. What would you play Steph up to? You feeling a 40 piece, 35 piece? He's killed Oklahoma City historically. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. That's where he hit the logo shot. Yeah. He was in OKC where he hit the logo shot. Yeah, let's go ahead and take Steph all the way up. Let me take Steph up to 40. I feel like it's been a while since we've had like a Steph. 40 piece basketball. I'm trying to remember a stat line against Toronto last game. What do you have? 31 and 10, I think. Yeah. 10 assists. Something you don't see that often from Curry, but the point is he's been. He's he, he been getting like hockey assists. He'd be getting hockey assists. That's really yeah. OP. And, and Warriors off rest. Warriors haven't played since Friday. Thunder played on when? Saturday? Sorry, he had 35 and 11 against Toronto. But the game before that, he had 34 against Memphis. So. He's on a bit of a heater, scoring 34 in each of the last two. He had 41 five games ago against the Wizards. So he hasn't putting up some big numbers. But if if I think Golden State's got a shot to put up 130, 140 in this game, Curry really could be in line for like a 40 piece. Yeah, Thunder haven't played since Friday either. So both teams coming off two days rest. I think the over is a lock. I'm going to go ahead and put a lock on that over. It's 242, and I, I don't know if I even care, to be honest. Probably, it's probably a game that ends like 260. It would not surprise me if it did. It, it kind of reminds me in a way of that. I know that the Thunder are a lot better than the Spurs, but you had a massive total in that Warriors-Spurs game in the Alamo Dome like three weeks ago or so. And it's like, oh, this total's way too high, and we did not mm-hmm. give a damn because we just thought that this game would be a track meet, and that game landed 257. I see a similar story here. I think this game gets into the 250s. Steph, his last five games, 35, 34, 26, 29, 41. Yep. All right. And T Rock3 dropping in chat. Thunder 9 and 1 in the last 10. ATS Warriors are also 2 and 8 as last 10. I'm guessing that's their last 10 ATS's uh, road favorites. I just find yeah, but fascinating in this game. So the reasons that people come and listen to, you know, people like us and all that, and 
what we have been charged to do. We have to tell you before a team starts playing bad or before a team starts playing better that they're going to, you know, make that track. Like if you miss the, uh, if you miss the, the boat, then you kind of like put yourself in a predicament where you're kind of chasing teams. Like you gotta be, you gotta take risks. So yeah, Warriors not good on the road as a, on the road period, not just as a favorite. They're not good on the road, but I said it against the Boston game. I was like, they're about to turn a corner and they're about to start playing better on the road because this team knows that they suck and they know they got to make adjustments. Throughout it's the really the and- lineup change for me. The fact that they're basically going to the death lineup as their starting unit with Draymond at center tells me all I need to know about the urgency Golden State has right now. Because they need to win games. They have to win games. The fact that they're tinkering with the lineup and they're going with their fourth quarter, you know, domination lineup to start games. Watch out for Golden State for the next couple weeks. I, I do feel like with this new one. I think they're they going to jump up to three. They really might go on a run. I think Golden State's really in line to go on them. Do you remember, do you remember just a week ago? It was just a week ago they were in the play-in. And now they're a six seed. Yeah. It was just last week they were in the play, and there's I think Golden State through this next couple of weeks, like because they're about to go on a road trip. I believe it are they? Let me make sure. Nobody's claiming the West because the Pelicans got injured, the Grizzlies are falling apart, the Kings don't guard anybody. Denver, we've watched. We think Denver's a, a very good regular season team. We're not sure if they'll be able to actually guard Golden State in the playoffs because they didn't do it last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Golden State's looking around going, you know, we actually got a shot at this thing, like to get a very good seed because no team is actually running away with they this They feel thing. like they played like shit. They yeah. feel like they played like shit. And they're still And they're like, we're a sixth seed in the West and we yeah. haven't played our best basketball yet. You, We could say right now, in this moment, right now, they're playing their best basketball and they have a whole rest of the season to go. That's why the West is up for grabs, man. I'm telling y'all, just, like just the West most, is up for grabs. Most years, you can't be six and eighteen on the road, fifty games into a season, and still have a shot at a three seed. Yeah, most of the time. I think Golden State's going on a run for the next couple weeks, so just watch I out. Do. For that. I I really do. I think by the end of this week, they're probably by the end of this. I think by the end of this week, they're probably closer to that three seed. And then you know now it's just catching Denver and catching Memphis, but and some teams. Tinker with the lineups all the time. The Clippers do because they bench half their players. Mm-hmm. Other teams don't. Golden State's not a team that changes the lineup that often. So when Kerr does it, I pay extra attention to it. That means a lot to me that Draymond's starting at center in half these games. That's big. And since they made the switch, they've been very good. Mm-hmm. Very, very. And it's going to be. It's going to be really good time. during against this OKC team that struggled against P- other teams rebounding all year long. Yeah. All right, Scott. We're about an hour in, and we still got five games to go. Let's do this. All right. Sacramento Kings are going to play the Minnesota Timberwolves for the second time in back-to-back set. The Kings are minus one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, Timberwolves actually opened minus one-and-a-half. It's flipped over to the Kings. 64% of the best, 84% of the money is on the Kings tonight already. Actually, what is probably one of the more bet games of the slate that I see. 237.5 is the total injury report for Sacramento, and you have clean. Expect to see everybody. For Minnesota, Rudy Gobert is questionable. Torian Prince is questionable. Yeah, that's all that really matters. I'm taking Minnesota. Mm. For all the crap we've given Minnesota, 
They're actually two over now. They're actually not horrible record-wise, but they're 18 and 10 at home. They're just a good home team. And they just beat this Kings team, so I know usually we make an argument to uh, expect these teams to trade off, but usually you get a, like a home-and-home. Home. You don't have back-to-back -back home games for one of these teams. But I'm going Minnesota. I like what I've seen. They've been pretty comfortable at home all season long. The Kings defensively, really not good lately, but even offensively, they scored less than 111 each of the last two games. Uh -huh. I, I don't like the way the Kings are playing right now. The Kings are going to be a streaky team all season long because they're great offensively, but defensively they're atrocious. So you're going to see a lot of ups and downs with that team all season long. I want to take Minnesota. They've played good basketball lately, and Edwards has been incredible. I'm going to lean Minnesota. Yeah, but the Kings been still playing good basketball too. 6-3-1 and last 10 games, and... I know we talk about Minnesota at home, 13 and 8 on the road against the spread this season, uh, 11 and 10 straight up. I, I'm not I'm not fating the system. We see this, we take the other team, especially with a, a line this close. Give me the Kings. I'll take the Kings. I'll take the Kings money line because, you know, I don't like playing that minus one and a half. I'd rather lay like 120, whatever. We're going to disagree here. Uh, I'm just going right. to go with the team that's been good at home. Yeah. I mean, the Kings been good on the road too, though. I feel like they cancels each other out. They have, but the Kings have lost three of four recently. I just have not been a fan of how they played. It's the, it was the scoring ninety five against Toronto, which was a series even, red flag but even me. better. So they lost the last two games, and now they're a favorite. Like mm, it should be a dog at that point. I don't know if that's because Gobert's not going to play or not. Like I'm, I'm not sure if that's injury baked in or not. But we don't really care if Gobert plays or not. To be, I, I was about to say, I've stopped like accounting points for if Gobert plays or not. Like I don't, I don't. But I'm saying the odds makers are still accounting for yeah, it. Yeah, so I guess why, so. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's Kings. Okay, I feel pretty good about the Kings actually. <laughs> okay, next game was uh, two thirty-seven and a half. I, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean under. Last yeah. game line at two twenty-seven. It seems a little bit. Yeah, high. I'm going under. Sabonis have a good rebound. What did he do last game? I don't think he did much, but he went against Gobert last game. So if Gobert doesn't play, it's a completely I mean, he should match. be like yeah, he should have like a much easier time at it. I like the Aaron Fox in this game though. Historically, he's done very well against Minnesota. I believe he had twenty nine uh, last game. Mm -hmm. Fox's prop was at twenty four and a half. I think that number is a bit low for points. Yeah, he had 10 rebounds that last one. It's like, and it's funny because 10, you're like, whew, he had an off day. Yeah. <laughs> Other people, you're Sabonis like, oh, had a great like day. Yeah. yeah, he had off. You're like, oh, he had an off day. He only had 10. Yeah, if he doesn't, uh, if Gobert doesn't go, Sabonis is probably in that 16 range again. All right. Wizards are going to go play the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. Minus six. Wow, it was five when we started the show. Now it's at six. Two for the Wizards. 241 and a half is the total. Guess what? That's come skyrocketing up from where it was at 233. For the Wizards, you have Chris Asperzingis not on injury report. Anthony Gill is out in health and safety protocols. And for the Spurs, you have Josh Richardson as probable, Romeo Langford as questionable, and they're still missing Devin Vassell. I don't know if there's any stats to back it up, but doesn't this just feel like a perfect letdown spot for the Wizards because people are actually what? expecting the Wizards? Like, what? When you... Yes. What did you say That's it was? What six, I was saying. What did you say? Six and a half? 
It says six now. That's why I was shocked. I'm like, wait, this went up. Like, I know Porzingis is playing, so the line's going up because they still have Beal, they have Porzingis, and they have Kuzma. I get, I get all that. I can't lay six with the Wizards. I, I, I can't do it. Like, the Wizards are a team that they've been really good lately. They've won five straight, which is a big reason why. Uh, and a lot of road games too. They managed to beat New Orleans. New Orleans has fallen off a cliff. Beat Houston, beat Dallas, good win there. Beat the Knicks. You know, they've had some good wins. Spurs have lost five straight. They're 14 and 36. I don't know. Like, I've, it feels like everybody's on the Wizards, and I don't mind going contrarian here. Wizards actually improved their road record. They are now 14, 12, and 1 against the spread on the road. So they're 11 good. and 16 straight up. So. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Spurs last game lost in overtime to Phoenix. Like they hung in there at home. The well, the three and one is a road favorite, so good for I them. I guess you got to give them. Yeah, I guess you got to give them that. I'm going to Spurs here. I'm going to lean Spurs too. I, I think the stats are not going to back it up at all, just because the Wizards have been playing good basketball lately, but. You get Porzingis back, you know, that could potentially cause a little bit of an issue with shots because you know that Beal's going to want to shoot, Kuzma's going to want to shoot. You can make a serious argument that the Wizards are better when Porzingis doesn't play because the spacing's better and Kuzma at that four has been a very, mm-hmm. very solid option. But I don't know. Like He hasn't played in three games straight. Porzingis is coming back. That might take a little bit of time to actually build up the chemistry again with the actual shot breakdowns. People are just blindly betting the Wizards, and that's a dangerous thing to do for the last, I don't know, five, ten years. I'll, I'll link to San Antonio at home. I think it's a decent spot to take a home dog that is a pretty solid contrarian play based on where the money's coming in. Yep. Non-conference over in this game, but this total is just skyrocketed so much that I'd rather play it the way uh, T-Rock said, Wizards 34-15, Spurs 31-19 and to the first quarter over. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather play it that way than wait the entire game. I'd rather know in the beginning of the game if my bet lost or not. But it sounds like it's a winner. That's a really good play. I'll back that. So I'll have that on my card tonight, the first quarter over in this game. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see here. Where are we at? Detroit. Detroit Pistons are traveling to Dallas to play the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> Minus eight and a half for the Mavericks. Two twenty nine and a half is the total injury report. Corey Joseph is out. You know, Cade and Marvin Bagley are done, and Luca's questionable. Which is funny because this line has not. It opened up at minus eight and a half, and it hasn't moved now that Luca's questionable. So, mm-hmm. which is more progress than he's had the last two games. So. He did miss uh, the last game against Utah. So Yeah, so I'm not laying eight and a half with Dallas at home. I'm not laying eight and a half with Dallas. I'm definitely not laying eight and a half with Dallas at home where they're just terrible. Like, they're just bad. They're just bad. Again, Luka had 60-20. Like, everybody hyped up Luka's 60-20. and 20. He had 60-20, and 20 and they still didn't cover the spread. Like, this team, no matter how good one individual player may play on that team – 12, 23, and 1 as a favorite this season. This really does feel like a spot, assuming Luka plays, where Dallas beats the crap out of them by 15. 
But even if that happens, on principle, I can't lay eight and a half with Dallas. I just can't do it. Th- this team has been so bad against the number all season long. At home, they're 17 and nine straight up. So you'd assume they're easily above 500 against the spread because they win all the time at home. They don't. Every game is close at home, and they just manage to win when they're laying a big number. Detroit has not been good all year. Recently, after giving up 150 to Milwaukee, they've they've been more competitive. They beat the Nets in that game where the Nets kind of no-showed, but they still scored 130. They choked away the game against Houston, which was a bad loss, but they still only lost by three. I think at the end of the day, you'll end up seeing this game be somewhat competitive. I think Dallas wins. There's no guarantee Luka plays either, so that's always a serious problem or how effective Luka's going to be. Even if Luka suits up, he could still you still, like, like eight and a half is still a stretch, even with Luca in the game. Like that's Luca full strength. Like there's no guarantees even above eighty percent if he plays in this game. I'm gonna lean to Detroit. I'm gonna lean to the under, but I do think that laying eight and a half for with Dallas all season long has been basically a surefire way to lose money. I'm not gonna do it. Give me Detroit to keep this game close against a Dallas team that's kind of reeling right now. Yeah. Everybody's got the same. Well, not everybody, but there's some people that got the same mindset as us. Looks like the Sharps are on Detroit. 62% of the bets, 93% of the money. So. Okay. Toronto Raptors are, and that is on BSSW. BSSW? That's Bally Sports Southwest. Okay. Great job. Great job. Thank you. Toronto Raptors are going to play the Phoenix Suns in the Valley. Suns are laying one and a half, two twenty and a half is the total. I don't know where these opening lines are coming at because I just don't believe that this total's dropped twelve points. But okay, two twenty. I'm not even going to entertain that. Two twenty and a half is the total. Injury report for these two: we have the OG and an OB. No, <laughs> he's out, of course. He's going to be out for a while. That, that wrist injury looked pretty rough. Yeah. Banton is questionable. Landry Shamit is out for the Suns. No campaign. Devin Booker, of course. I mean, I, I don't feel know. Like what I have to like of, Phoenix, don't I? I don't know what to make of Phoenix. I don't know what to make of Phoenix. I know what to make of them. I, the point is, it's just a, it's a spot thing for me. With Ananobi being out, who's easily their best defensive player. Toronto's been better lately, but they're still 8-16 and 16 straight up on the road. Phoenix, Chris Paul, since he came back, has been incredible. He's played four games. He's had a double-double in each game. Hit 31 points last game. Like Chris Paul looks really, really healthy for once, which is nice. And I like Paul double-double. I got it at 115 uh, last uh, this morning. Unfortunately, it's at like 155 now. But with Ananobi being out, I, I don't think Toronto's got enough guys that could actually limit the pick and roll and who could actually guard on ball. Cam Johnson has done a great job of really just shooting the three ball since he came back. You want Eaton to do anything in this matchup because it's a really good matchup for him, but you have a hard time trusting Eaton in general. I'm just going to lean to Phoenix at home against an injured Toronto team. Ananobi's arguably their second best player behind Pascal. So I'm going to lean to Phoenix here at home. It's in the Valley. That's good enough for me. I'll take Phoenix. 
It's a, it's only one. I'll take the I'll take the good home team with one. <laughs> I'm not doing it, man. I can't do it. I'm trying to do it. I can't get there, man. Toronto has been really good on this road trip. I I just think it carries over, and they have another good game here. I'm gonna take Toronto. I'm gonna say Toronto. I I just I truly don't know who's stopping Pascal Siakam from getting whatever he wants. That's fair. Like I truly I what what is it at? What is it at? Where can I get this line? Uh, we're all site. Well, double double is plus two forty five. I would play that because I don't think Pascal is gonna let Aiton get a lot of those easy rebounds that he got. Uh, the other night and triple double is at 19 to one. I would see that points are a 23 and a half. Wait, what? See outcomes points are 23 and a half. Isn't that lower than what he's normally at? I don't, uh, no, I feel like 23, 24 is about right. I think it should okay. be higher. Cause Ananobi's out. So you're assuming he'll take more shots unless Van Vliet decides to ball hog, which is always a possibility. So, I want to see what Siakam 30 plus is because I do agree with you. It is a good matchup for him. Siakam 30 plus is plus 280. Tell you what, I'm not a big Van Vliet guy, but Van Vliet 30 plus is 7 to 1. Pascal Siakam. Okay. Pascal Siakam is just reading off his game log versus 26, 2 and 6, 25, 7 and 10, 22, 7 and 7, 26, 11 and 6, 32, 9 and 3, 33, 7 and 3. Pretty sure all of that, most of that is with Chris Paul. Not all of it. Oh, he has a 37, 12 and 3 in there as well. About half of that is a Chris Paul led team. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just think, I think that. I don't. I have no idea how they're stopping him from getting whatever he wants on the inside, which makes me kind of scared for DeAndre because I think DeAndre could get in foul trouble. Van Fleet, you said, is at nineteen and a half. Uh, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm once again, I'm not a a huge Van Fleet guy, but I am going to throw it out there. Thirty plus points is seven to one. He's had yeah. twenty eight points in two of the last four games. Uh, he's had at least 25 in uh, five of the last seven. And with Ananobi being out, you're expecting a bigger volume. But it's seven to one. That's why That's why. I, I mean, it's crazy because Fred Van Fleet can go for 30 any night. It's just the fact that he has such a terrible percentage from the field. Yeah. Like, it's so bad. Oh, it's, it's why so, I'm anti-Van so Vliet, but it's seven to one. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, it's definitely worth a look. All right. I think I'd probably pivot off of him for 30 and just take him for threes. But you can get Van Vliet five three-pointers at plus 310. And I think I'd rather goes, take that. Just hope he goes for like five for 15. Pretty much. Once again, you're sacrificing like two times the odds because you could get seven to one for 30 instead. But when I mean, you're going through the volume here for Van Vliet's threes, these are attempts. Eight, 10, 9, 8, 6, 12, 13. The guy just jacks him up. I'm telling you, he's going he's gonna to hit it, and he's going to go like 5 for 15 from 3. Plus 310, I don't mind. But. <sighs> These books are so scared. Give us field goal attempts. Come on. 
All right. 220 and a half. I'm on over. Just because I don't think that they can stop anything inside. I think I'm going to lean under here because Toronto defensively has been pretty good. I mean, holding Sacramento to 95 is insanely impressive. The Golden State game was kind of weird because Ananobi got injured, but it was a fast-paced game anyway. They held Portland to 105, did a good job defensively there. Phoenix had the overtime game against San Antonio, so the points allowed are a little bit inflated. Gave up 99 to Dallas in the game where Luka played one minute. Uh, hashtag void Luka. Uh, gave up 97 against the Hornets. I like how the teams have played defensively. I'm going to lean to the under. Yeah, I just... I just wonder about the pace, because Chris Paul's healthy, but that just means he's going to run pick and roll the entire time. They're going to take 20 seconds off the shot clock every possession. I'm and, that's what I, and that's my thing. The things that these two teams do well, they don't guard that well. So while they're good defensive teams, you're kind of like exploiting their weaknesses, and that's why I think it goes over. I'm not sure Toronto is a good defensive team. They, they've just had a good defensive stretch. So I'm going to back the defensive stretch. I'll lean to the under. All right. Last game of the slate, we have the Atlanta Hawks going to play the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers minus two. 237 is the total. Let's see here. Trey Young is questionable. Nurk is questionable. Josh Hart is questionable. Let's spot it. I don't know where the line opened up, but are we assuming? Minus one and a half. Or- for Portland or for Atlanta? For for Portland. So it only okay. moved half the point. Okay. I don't know what to make of when Treyon's questionable. It's really it's a truly you never know. honest questionable. Yeah, you don't know. So you never know. I'll say right now, assuming Trey Young plays, I'll take Atlanta. Portland sucks. Yeah, right, Portland I'm, I'm sucks, just gonna but be Atlanta's honest. on the road. They're, they're horrible. Atlanta's not good either, but at least they have I, I'm trying to figure out how to describe this team. At least they have scoring depth where it's kind of weird what Portland has because like, Grant has been quiet lately. I haven't heard anything from Simons in weeks. I don't know what happened to him. He's still you know, putting up some numbers, but it's like you don't talk about him. But looking at Portland the last couple of games, if you take the Lillard 60 piece out of the equation, they've been useless. This team sucks. Like, they're really, really bad. I think I'm going to go with Atlanta. I'll lean Atlanta, assuming Trey plays, solely because I can't lay points with Portland right now. I just can't do it. Yeah, I'm not backing Atlanta on the road, so I'll take Portland. It's pretty easy for me. I, I can't touch anything until I know if Trey plays or not. But assuming he does, I can't lay points with Portland. I can't do it. This is one of those games where I hate both teams, so I'll take whichever team's getting points. I'll fade Portland getting points. Yeah, I mean, and that's really me, except I just I don't like both teams. I'd rather just take the home team. So it's kind of the same logic, but different execution in it. But yeah, I, again, I'd rather I'm, just take the home team. I'm not team. touching it until I know if Trey plays or not, because Trey the last couple of games has been really, really good based on numbers here. Uh, to look at the numbers for Trey, just for reference here, the last four games – 31 and 10, 33 and 11, 21 and 13, 25 and 12. He's been really, really good. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. But I, I want. Well, nothing. I mean, 
We throwing out stats. My God, dang. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you were going to take 60, Portland, 37, yeah. 24, 10, that 37 came with 12 rebounds. As I was well, going to say, right? if so, you, if you want days been up there too, if you want to take Portland, don't even bother. Just take Lillard props instead. If they're going to win the game, Lillard's going for like 40. Can we agree on that? I wouldn't say instead. I would say in conjunction. Oh, okay. With, okay. You get combo deal. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I take it as a combo deal because I really, I don't think that they're gonna have any answer for Dame. Yeah, just same game part like Lillard like three pointers or points with money line because if they're gonna win, Lillard's probably going for north of thirty five. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's in forty range this game. All right, two thirty seven over City. I'd lean that way, but I don't know if Trey's playing or not. I can't officially play it until I know if. Trey's going to play or not, because in addition to being a really solid stat sheet guy, he's arguably the worst defensive guard in the entire league. Like you pray for nights where Lillard gets to match up against Trey Young. Mm-hmm. So I got to wait to see if Trey's going to play or not. So as of right now, I'll plead the fifth, uh, but I'll go with the over. I'm on Portland's team total over regardless. Whether Portland blows the game, whether Portland wins the game, I think they're going to score on Atlanta regardless. So uh, I'll take Portland's team total over no matter what. I think that's a pretty good look there. All right. Cameron Kerr system plays of the day. Cameron Kerr first half play of the day. 7-0 last week in his in his inaugural week of system plays. He has the Raptors plus a half. And he has thrown a bonus play. Getting a little little bit of dip on his ship. He has a bonus second quarter play here. I didn't know you Blazers. were a second quarter guy, Cameron. I don't have the Yeah, I didn't know he was a second quarter guy, guy either. I thought he was just the first half guy. I guess he's the second half, the second quarter guy too now. But uh Blazers second quarter pick him. We didn't ask for that second one, but appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Lock and all time, Scott. I feel like I like a lot. I feel like I like a lot, honestly. But I also feel like I, no- I like nothing at the same time. That is deep. It is. It's like some very, very deep words. All right, for my lot, give me Golden State and OKC over 242 and a half. For my dog. San Antonio Pistons. You have Orlando in there if you want to throw them in potentially. Yeah, Orlando's there too. Uh, Between those three, it's one win. It's one win in there between those three games. I'm going to go with... The home dog is the easy angle, so let's let's take that out. That's the easy angle. Let's go with when's the last time Detroit got a win? They beat the Nets a couple games ago. Oh yeah, they did. Their wins are very few and far between. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, maybe it does have to be San Antonio. San Antonio hasn't won in forever. All right. San Antonio plus one ninety. All right, uh, so for my lock, I'm going to go back to that Warriors and Thunder game, but I'm going to take a slightly different play. 
since I'm still paranoid about Golden State on the road, I am going to go with Golden State team total. I'm going to take the over. It's at 123 and a half. It's probably the highest team total I've ever actually taken an over on, and mm. I'm really not concerned by it. This game just screams Golden State scoring 130, especially with mm. Draymond playing center. The pace is going to be crazy in this game, and I just saw the Thunder give up 137 to the to the Hawks. I've seen them play defense recently, or kind of an oxymoron because they don't play any defense. I think that Golden State's a horrible matchup for them, especially with Dort not playing. They have nobody that can guard anybody. I think that Golden State, they scored 129 against Toronto, 122 against Memphis, despite not shooting well for most of that game. I know they're on the road now, but I do think that they're going to be able to score 130. I'm going with the Warriors team total over 123.5 as my lock. And for my dog, I have a lot of options, but I will go back to the player prop. I am going to go with Thomas Bryan double-double at plus 120. I just like the spot too much. With AD and LeBron being out, that's a bunch of rebounding opportunities for Thomas Bryant. No offense to Hachimura, but he's never really been known for being a great rebounding guy. He's fine, but Bryant should play 30-plus minutes. The Lakers don't have any Ooh. center depth at all. Give me Thomas Bryant double-double at plus 120. That's my dog. I forgot that Rui was in this game. You know I like backing teams like when they go to the opposite conference and come back and play the other conference again, you know? I don't think I've ever heard you say that in your life, but sure. No, like uh, freaking Bojan, uh, Bogdan, Bogdan, yeah. Bojan. Which one is which? Fuck, which Boyan, one of them? Boyan's the Detroit one. Bogdan's okay, that one. Like yes, that. yes. I played him every time he's played a Western Conference team. Uh, where's Rui? If they Ooh, even have a, even I wonder how much he's been working on that three on that three point shot since getting to the Lakers. I know they they've been talking about it a little bit. Well, he's got two threes in four of the five. Yeah, four of the five versus Nets. I didn't see any props on Rui, so. Oh, it's not going to drop. He's coming off the bench. It's not going to drop. That's what I'm saying, so. Yeah. But he actually has some pretty decent games. 20 and 10, 14, 5, 12 and 4, 20 and 1. Like, that's pretty pretty decent. If you want to go for the ultimate empty out the bench game D-Gen special, look for like a Rui double-double or something. But I don't. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be scared of that man when I'd be betting his rebounds. Props, oh, I didn't say it was going to cash. Score. I just said if you want to go for a score. super big payout, yeah. you might get some I think minutes. a Superman yeah. payout is Rui to get, like, he'll probably, I haven't been looking at his props. I don't know where his prop normally at. I feel like it's at, like, 12 and a half, 13 and a half. I would have a look at him. If 15 is plus money, I would definitely bet that. Let's say that. If 15 is plus money, I would bet that. But I'm just going with Thomas Bryant at plus 120 double-double. As my All right. my dog. Anything else for people before we get up out of here? Uh, no, uh, it was fun. Uh, sorry, it went a little bit long, but we had one of the most egregious missed calls. We kind of wanted to break it down. Maybe a little bit long, but it's fine. Can't complain about it. So, yeah, uh, we'll back later in the week. Of course, to go through the NBA for every single weekday. Uh, besides that, we got the NFL uh, podcast. I'm not sure what the schedule is going to be because, of course, it is Pro Bowl week. So. I'm not sure how we're going to break it down, but we're team back in some capacity. And other than that, though, tennis, I think I'm taking the week off because there are no men's tournaments this week, so I should be back next week. But you can find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio, and I give out free picks every night on YouTube. So, All right. I'm at really real underscore underscore. I'll see you back here. I'll be back Wednesday. Scott's back tomorrow. 
make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you leave us a review. Apple, Spotify, all of that. Leave us a review. I dare and, all of you to leave us reviews. You won't. Yes, I dare there you, you. Go. I double dog dare you. So now you have to do it or you're pussy. If you don't leave us a review, you're a coward. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right, everyone. <laughs> I don't know how I'll stay in the podcast. I'm just in it like this. We are out of here.